I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello, and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. I just want to say happy holidays to everyone out there listening, and also Merry Christmas. I'm going to do an episode today, but it's going to be a little bit shorter, just because it is a holiday week. So today I really wanted to talk about spending time with family during the holidays because for many of us, we're going to be doing some sort of celebrating. Even if you don't celebrate Christmas, it seems like you probably would have some time off to spend time with family. So if you find yourself home for the holidays in this predicament, here are some things that you can do to help yourself stay calm, regulated, and in control and to choose joy. Remember what choosing joy means. Choosing joy means choosing to be happy even when things don't go your way. Yes, choosing to be happy even when things don't go your way. Imagine what that would be like for you if you were to turn your mind towards joy day in and day out and that became your habitual practice rather than turning your mind towards things that are negative. I'm telling you, it is pretty amazing to choose joy. So in order to do that, you have to have some rules in place, some things that you need to be doing with your time. So the first thing we talked about, and this was a few episodes ago, so if you need to go back and check it out, I did it around Thanksgiving time, is you need to look at what you expect of the people that you're going to be in relationship with this holiday season and what they're capable of. Usually, we set really high expectations, dare I say, hyperbolic expectations for the people that we are in relationship with. And in doing so, we set ourselves up to fail and we set them up to fail. So definitely take note of that expectation capability list that you were able to write down a few weeks ago. In addition to looking at what people are capable of, You also want to take time for yourself within the visit with your family. Many of you out there get overwhelmed when you're in a space with a lot of family and some of you feel out of place. We have borderline personality disorder, right? So oftentimes we feel like we are the black sheep of a family. If I were standing out looking at a crowd of you all and I asked, all of you who felt like black sheep to raise your hand, I'm going to bet that almost everyone in the room would raise their hand, that they feel somehow out of place in a family unit. It's important that you recognize that so that you don't carry that with you into the holiday of your family, of your partner, of your friends. If you're dating someone who has a tighter connection with their family or at least enjoys the holiday traditions... You definitely don't want to take that black sheep lens and mentality and project it on the person that you're about to spend your holiday with. That person will then be unable to connect with their family and have to spend their time and attention focused on you. And I know that that's a very difficult thing because when we go into a situation where our partner or our friend is in with their family or their friends, oftentimes we become jealous. We get worried that that person doesn't love us the way that we think they do or the way that we love them. We get worried that the attention's not on us 
and we get overwhelmed. Lots of people, lots of chaos, lots of noise. I know some of you are like, yep, Rose, I opt out, not doing the holidays. And some of you are like, yeah, I know, I need to do hard things. I need to go and do these things with my family. So if you haven't opted out, first of all, be proud of yourself. Courage is on your moral compass, and courage means being scared of something and doing it anyway. So while you're with your family or, you know, as you go into the situation with your partner's family, you need to come up with some rules and some safe words, let's say. So sit down with your partner or your friend or whoever you're going with. And if you're just going with yourself, sit down and come up with this structure for yourself. Grab a pen and a piece of paper and write down all of the things that would make you feel supported and comfortable while you're with your family. For example, I when Jay and I used to go to my family's house before we moved to Michigan, right? So we used to live in Pennsylvania. And when we would go over there to my family's house, it wasn't always a welcoming environment for Jay. And this is just because of the dynamics of my family through, you know, years of intergenerational trauma and just, you know, decisions I had made in the past. Let's just say that my brothers didn't necessarily, you know, right off the bat accept Jay into the family. So that being said, when we would go over to my brother's house, I would make sure that I was aware of what Jay was doing, that I wouldn't leave him alone with my brothers in the event that they would, you know, say something that was too um, aggressive or mean. And I would let him know where I was going. And we always knew what time we were going to leave. And if I was overwhelmed because I was the black sheep of my family, at least in my perception back then, I would let him know. And then we would leave a bit earlier or we would support each other in whatever needed to be done. Now, I did this for Jay knowing how my family was. I should say that he didn't really need me to do any of those things. It was really me. I needed him to do those things for me. And the same thing when we would come out and visit his family in Indiana, he was always there. Now, I really love that. Like he would we would go together and if there'd be a group of people, he would in the beginning come back and check on me all the time. So I knew that even if I was like left alone in a group of women in the family, that he would come back and check on me. He would, you know, hold my hand and just even just touch my back, letting me know that I'm there or that he was there for me. So as you're talking with your partner, figure out what would be helpful for you. I suggest that you come up with a plan to make yourself not feel left out. What can your partner do? Would it be helpful if your partner didn't just leave you and go off with the men in the family? Or if your partner let you know what time they would be back? Would it be helpful if they held your hand or touched your bag or helped involve you in the conversation? What would be things that you would perceive to be supportive? And if you're out there and you're the partner of someone or the family member of someone with BPD, just want to be aware that the holiday season can be overstimulated, overwhelming, and highly stressful. So you want to reach out to your loved one and say, what can I do to make this easier for you? It's not walking on eggshells necessarily because you're not going to change the time of your event. You're not going to, you know, go out of your way to make certain people come to your house at certain times to accommodate the person with BPD. But... 
You can just reach out and ask, is there anything that I can do? Is there a space in the house that you can set aside for that person with BPD to go retreat to? And if you do have BPD and you're on your recovery path, is there a space in the house that you're going to that you can retreat to? So you want to come up with, as you can see, these little ideas of how can I create safety within myself as I'm entering into these familial situations versus how can I avoid them opt out, get anxious, get overwhelmed, get stressed, have an episode, feel really panicky, have a panic attack. That would not be choosing joy for the holiday season. Choosing joy for this holiday season would be figuring out what is what are my needs in terms of support. How long am I going to be at this event? Why am I going? Am I going because my partner is excited? He loves Christmas. She loves Christmas and she just wants to spend time with her family. She loves whatever holiday she celebrates. And if that's why I'm going, then how can I focus my energy on engaging in humility and selfless service to set my need for attention aside so that I can be with the person I'm in relationship with and I can be supportive of that person and I can have that person's back? Do I need that person to keep in my vicinity, to keep in physical contact with me, to touch my shoulder, to hold my hand once in a while? Do I need a set time? We're going to go to Christmas Eve, for example, from 1.30 to... I had to do the math to 5:30. We're going to stay there for 4 hours and during that 4 hour time, you can set other little time increments. Like think about it. If you're going into a situation and you don't know how long you're going to be there, you don't know many people, you feel uncomfortable, the best thing to do is to focus on what your partner needs and to focus on that amount of time. Take it one hour at a time and if you need to take it a half an hour at a time so if you start the event starts at 1 30 look at your watch two o'clock passes you did that you got through that half hour at two o'clock or 2 30 maybe you need a break go to the bathroom i always say bathrooms are a great place to take time and to gain composure you can go into the bathroom splash some cold water on your face or just sit on the toilet and then you have a next time chunk, right? You're not going to sit on the toilet for more than 10 or 15 minutes. Cause people are going to get worried about you and you don't want that. But you can go in there to take a breather. Breathe in through your mouth. Nose, rather. Just this moment and breathe out through your mouth. Just this breath while you're sitting in the bathroom. Time is something you can always rely on when you're in an uncomfortable situation because time never stops. It keeps going. Time has a linear trajectory, meaning no matter how panicky you are, the minutes are still taken away. So when you come out of the bathroom, once you've um, done your deep breathing, your box breathing, once you've splashed water on your face or you've used the mammalian diving reflex that I talked about in earlier episodes... You can emerge and then more time has passed, right? So now we're at three o'clock and then 3.30. Maybe there's the eating part of the day. By the time you eat, you maybe help clean up. 
There's, we're at four o'clock now. So as you can see, time is ticking away and passing by as the event occurs and you're keeping track of that. That way, you have complete control over what's to come in the situation. So again, let me review. You're focusing on the person that you're going with or on the mission, the reason why you're going. And you are having yourself a finite time that you will be there so that you know how long you have to tolerate that discomfort discomfort for ahead of time. And you've spoken with your partner about it if you're going with someone else so that they don't want to extend that time. So that's you being supportive of your partner as you going and them being supportive of you as them respecting that time limit. And four hours, I think, is a pretty reasonable amount of time to spend unless you have other family traditions. So in, in addition to that... You're going to talk with your partner about ways that they can support you, whether it be holding your hand or letting you know where they are, you know, and kind of what they're going through. You want to have methods or things that you can do to create a safe space, like going off to a separate bedroom or going into the bathroom or going outside. And you want to keep track of the time because you are going to remember that I said time is linear and it won't stop no matter how much you're panicking. So eventually the discomfort will end. And there's really, I think there's a lot of comfort in that, that the discomfort will end because time is linear. So no matter how much you panic, it'll go away. (laughs) Um, Another thing that you really want to focus on or to think about is this idea of control. You know that we're a very controlling people, right? You're pretty controlling. I'm pretty controlling. Even with just having a hyperbolic temperament, you know, I tend to want things a certain way and I have to, you know, give in to not having my way all of the time. But when you're first in recovery, what you don't realize is that you give your control to everyone around you. So in the first example I gave of someone going to see family for the holidays, it's chaotic, it's overwhelming, it's overstimulating, it's stressful, you're the black sheep, you don't fit in, people aren't going to like you, the attention is going to be taken off of you. So everyone around you has, if you think of it as a baton, like runners pass back and forth in a race, everyone around you has the baton of control. You're the only one who doesn't have it. That will set you up to fail. What I want you to do is imagine yourself taking back that baton of control and creating a plan that will make you successful. Are you still going to be anxious? Maybe. Are you still going to you know, feel overwhelmed and stressed? Maybe. But now you have the control. You know how long you're going to be there, what you need from your partner, where you can escape in the event that you need to escape and get some space. You know you know, what activities are going to come and you can start to plan which coping skills, which calming mechanisms you're going to use while you're there. You now have the control. You know exactly what's going to happen and how it's going to go down. And it will take a little bit of leaping to trust that your partner who is neurotypical maybe doesn't Um, or doesn't understand why you need these rules that they'll support you. And so partners, when you're listening to me, I really need you to support your partner with BPD here because they want to be in these social situations to support you. It's that they don't know how, so help them. Everyone come together and create a plan. And remember, choose joy. 
Choosing joy is choosing to be happy even when things don't go your way. And that starts at the decision that you've made to support your partner or to support your family by going in to a high energy family gathering. Choose to be happy even though you'd rather be in your room alone in your PJs (laughs) hanging out and relaxing. All right, everybody. This is going to be a brief episode because of the holiday week. I appreciate everyone listening. We've reached almost 100,000 downloads. And I am just so grateful to everyone out there listening. So keep sending in your questions. Keep sending in your topics. I have a list of topics and questions that I'm going to be answering in the new year. And I also just want to put it out there that the group is filling up. The Monday night group is all booked. There are some spaces in the Friday group and the Wednesday group for international clients is fairly open. So definitely register. Registration is going to close January 11th. Um, So if you want to reach out, give me a call. It's 844-9THRIVE. So it's 1-844-984-7483. Please leave a message. If you're going to reach out, you have to leave a message because there's a lot of obviously spam calls. So I don't call back every number, but we really want to hear from you. So leave a message and we'll get back to you. You can also send me an email or text. Email at rose at thriveonlinecounseling.com. All right, if you've made it this far, I also want to tell all of you loyal, faithful listeners out there that Sabrina, a few episodes ago, and I are creating a mastermind course for individuals with borderline personality disorder to create and start to run their own businesses. This is something that we have been talking about and are excited about. We're calling it from borderline to business. And we just want to get an idea of who would be interested. Do you have a business idea that you want to get off the ground? Do you want help with that step-by-step knowing how to do it? All you have to do is reach out and send me an email. Sabrina, who was again on the episode a few days ago, she runs a consulting business. So she's going to help with all of that the financial aspects, the getting the business license, and I am going to be helping with the emotional aspect of things and just being able to think big and to execute on that big idea that you have in a brave and courageous way. So again, if you're interested, just reach out rose at thriveonlinecounseling.com or you can go over the website thriveonlinecounseling.com and fill out the contact form. So let us know. All right, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I will see you and talk to you next week. Okay, thanks for listening. That was from Borderline and Beautiful, a production of Thrive Mind Body LLC, online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from the last episodes, and I'd love to hear whatever questions you have, too. Just download the Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. 
We'll have all those links in the show description. Okay, we made it. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rose Skeeters, and I'll be back next week with another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Talk to you then.